Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. producer I can't hear it okay there it is you know what that is ladies and gentlemen listen carefully turn up your own volume so you can hear it better folks that's the movie Patton the music to the movie Patton When he was moving across Europe at breakneck speed. And so I thought we needed to have a little pat music for what I'm about to tell you. I go to the Drudge Report, ladies and gentlemen, and I look at it. And it links to the Cook Report. And what does the Cook Report say? The Cook Report says that we're going to lose the Senate. Others say we're going to lose the presidency. You can turn on the music now since you screwed it up. Thank you. Turn it off. They say we're going to lose the Senate. They say we're going to lose the presidency. And they say the Democrats are going to hold the House. Now, for my old friend Matt, for the other media types out there, this is a game. They want to demonstrate to you, CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, and the Washington Post, they all want to demonstrate to you that they can defeat Donald Trump. Having tried to force him out of office, having worked very closely with the FBI and the CIA and other elements in our government, lying about Russia collusion, they want to demonstrate to you that they're more powerful than you are. And we're getting poll after poll 
that suggest to you that this is a hopeless situation. Now, they're polling registered voters, not likely voters, and they're polling more Democrats than Republicans, even more Democrats than a representative of the typical election. But let's assume their polls are right. Let's assume their numbers are right. What these people don't understand is that the vast majority of us do understand that this is a war in our country, this is a war on our liberty, this is a war on our families. Everywhere I go, people say to me, we can't lose this, we can't lose this. Well, we can lose this. We can lose this. Not in modern history, certainly not in my lifetime, have I seen the kind of poisonous, cancerous propaganda uh, that is being used in this campaign against the president and his supporters ever. I see racism. You're now viciously attacked because you're white. I see anti-Semitism. You're now viciously attacked by Black Lives Matter and other because you're Jewish. I see vicious attacks on evangelical Christians and what they believe in. And I see this day in and day out, as do you. I see the effort to take a pandemic that has affected every corner of this planet, which was unleashed by the communist Chinese government, being politicized and exploited by the Democrats who've done absolutely nothing to address it in Congress or in the media. And so many of them who are governors who made horrific decisions that actually cost people their lives. And so they deflect. The governors are supposed to have ventilators. They didn't. They're supposed to have hospital beds. They didn't. They're the front line. They're the first line responders. Then we see an economy that craters because Fauci and the other so-called experts insist that everybody has to leave home. Follow the science, they say, but that's not what the science said. I watched the President of the United States day in and day out, day in and day out, trying to tackle the virus trying to fill the gaps left by the prior administration and by governors, pushing like hell for therapies and vaccinations. I see the President of the United States trying to put down the Democrat Party paramilitary wing in the form of Antifa and Black Lives Matter and their generals. I'm now convinced that these mayors have thrown in with them, that these mayors are part of the rioting effort and the looting effort whether by affirmative action or by passivity. doesn't much matter. I hear what Pelosi calls our brave men and women in blue. She calls them stormtroopers, and she's called them stormtroopers repeatedly now. So she's calling them Nazis. Nazis. 
And she's not alone. The number three Democrat in the House calls them Gestapo, Nazi Gestapo. Shocking. I see the Democrats want to use spending bills that are supposed to address this pandemic as a way of lining the pockets of their constituency groups. The teachers' unions, governors that have nearly bankrupt their states, mayors that have nearly bankrupted their cities, various nonprofit groups like Planned Parenthood and the rest, they want to use this as an opportunity to massively run up the debt, well beyond even what the Republicans have done. And while they're doing this, China's on the rise, Iran is making an alliance with China, North Korea is now threatening again. Russia is putting killer missiles or killer satellites in space, which is a grave threat to our military. And Joe Biden doesn't talk about any of it. Neither do any of the Democrats. You and I are supposed to sit still for the violence and the rioting and the attacks on law enforcement. You and I are supposed to sit still for the politicization of this virus and the unconscionable steps taken by a number of these governors that resulted directly in the death of senior citizens? You and I are supposed to sit still while monuments are toppled, confederate and otherwise, and then we're supposed to want normalcy, and normalcy means voting for Joe Biden, you see when it is his party that is behind all this. Joe Biden. And Joe Biden is running a a campaign that is humiliating to himself and to the country. And yet you wouldn't know it listening to the media. The media have no desire to grill Joe Biden about his racist comments, about his failures in dealing with the swine flu, about his his comments and his failures as a senator for over 36 years and as a vice president for over eight years. Nothing. He won't sit down for a long-form interview. Why? We all know why. Because he has some form of dementia. That's the truth. He'll never take any tests He'll never take any tests which would demonstrate it unequivocally. But the nation watches and sees it. And still it doesn't matter. So it was never going to be a fair fight for president. It was never going to be a fair fight. It wasn't a fair fight the first time around. And now we know more about how unfair it was. The effort to overturn the the candidacy of Donald Trump by the federal government, the Obama administration, law enforcement, intelligence services. First time in American history. Obama's never been held to account. He's never been held to account for his lawlessness and that of his administration. In fact, so far, nobody has been. And should Donald Trump lose and should the Democrats take the Senate in the House... This country will be forever changed 
It'll be destroyed from the inside out. The China, the Chinese regime will be moving aggressively. Putin will be moving aggressively. Iran will move aggressively. All of our enemies are rooting for the Democrats. All of our enemies, foreign and domestic. And Bernie Sanders will be on the ascendancy. Black Lives Matter, Antifa will be the norm. The country will never be the same again. There will be no turning back. No turning back. And so it's not a game for hits on the Drudge Report. It's not a game for the Washington Post and the New York Times to see if they can, a second time around, take out a president of the United States. It's not a game for CNN to try and position itself to get better ratings or MSNBC, same thing. This is a choice between liberty and tyranny, and in some cases, life and death. Even without the presidency, even without the Senate, they're destroying our elementary schools and our middle schools and our high schools with indoctrination and propaganda about Black Lives Matter, about Marxism. They've already destroyed our universities and colleges. They've already destroyed our immigration system. They've almost destroyed our health care system. They're one step away. This is no damn game. This is not typical politics. Play by these morons with websites and these morons writing for newspapers, these morons on CNN and MSNBC. You know what? In some ways, this is even more difficult than the Civil War. In some ways, this is even more difficult than World War II. Now, why? Because at least during the Civil War, there was a union. There were united states, united people, fighting an enemy, even though they were also Americans. It was horrific, but nonetheless, World War II was obvious. It was America versus the Nazis, America versus uh, Imperial Japan, America versus fascist Italy. But what's happening here? These institutions in our country, whether it's higher ed or public education, the media, the Democrat Party itself, have been conquered by a hate America, hate constitution, ideology. And no country can survive when all of its institutions are working to destroy it, which is the very nature of Marxism. And so it's time for pushback in every way, at every level, in every geographic corner, every aspect of the culture, in our schools and elsewhere. It's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to be the loud voices. It's time for us to get in their faces. It's time for us to say what we have to say. I'm not talking about violence. Although I fear, given what the left is doing to innocent people, to free speech, to livelihoods, as I said the other day, I fear it could come to that one day. I certainly don't support it, but I fear it. I'll be right back. (laughs) 
Mutt Lupin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I continue to get video, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to know about this. Where we have law enforcement appreciation days around the country. And what's happening now is these thugs, most of whom, the vast majority of whom are white, are black, are dressed in black. And they are viciously attacking citizens. Viciously attacking them. So if you're going to go to one of these events, you better make sure that you're prepared to defend yourselves and fight back. You better be prepared to defend yourselves and fight back. Because these are unprovoked attacks... You can see that the Democrats in Congress are supporting the attackers, that they are attacking the police, that the Democrats who run these cities are preventing the police from protecting people who want to speak, freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, which we all also have under the Constitution. All you hear on the media is that these are mostly peaceful. They're mostly violent and brutal, and people are getting hurt. Because they, they dare to collect as a group, they dare to speak out, they dare to defend the institutions of this country. They are being systematically brutalized. Systematically brutalized. And the violent perpetrators are being defended by the Democrat Party. Most of them are members of the Democrat Party. And people are just going to have to defend themselves. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. 
Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, an unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. Check out the post I just put up on uh, Mark Levin Show Facebook and Mark Levin Show Twitter. You will not see this on any news program over the weekend. Instead, it'll be Trump the dictator. I want you to see how innocent American citizens like you who attend a rally in support of the police are being violently attacked. Violently attacked. Men bleeding from the head. Violently attacked. I'm telling you, if this country goes full Democrat, things are going to change. And they're going to change. And they're going to change aggressively. And I don't believe the whole of society is going to take it sitting down. I really don't. I don't believe it. I just don't believe they're going to, fellow citizens are going to take this sitting down. The relentless attack. Even see the, the attacks within newspapers where the left has taken over and crushed any dissent. In newsrooms around the country, crushed any dissent. You see the Democrat Party now. There aren't moderates in the Democrat Party. Biden had to go full Marxist. If he had any hope of uh, getting the support of the Democrat Party base. So the Democrat Party's dead. This is, this is uh, Marxism, anarchism, call it what you want. But they're not going to roll over us. It's not going to be so easy. It's not going to be so easy. We'll see how things evolve. But you can't treat fellow Americans who love this country like sitting ducks. With the Democrat mayors and Democrat governors, pull them off so you can't be protected. And then the, uh, the Democrat mobs are unleashed with all kinds of weapons to brutalize innocent citizens. This isn't going to go on forever. It can't and it won't. It can't and it won't. And I want you to remember, it's the Democrat Party that keeps lighting fuses around this country, just as it has in the past. Just as it has in the past. We're going to dip into a shorter version of Reagan during his inaugural speech, because I think it will inspire many of you. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. 
the sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? That's still us. But we have a different problem right now. We have a different problem now. People trying to silence us. In the schools, in the media. Even when we associate with fellow citizens. Trying to silence us trying to brutalize us, trying to terrorize us, trying to threaten us as they beat down the blue line that protects us. And I'm trying to say that this won't go on forever and it can't go on forever. I just feel like there is a a boiling backlash that's developing based on people that I'm talking to and people who are coming up to me, strangers coming up to me. That the kind of comments Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are making, the kind of comments that almost every Democrat in Congress is making, the kind of comments that Biden's making, the media are making, the people they bring into these newsrooms who who say the most horrible things about a big percentage of the American people. People are reaching their limit. 
I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned by what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing and what people are telling me. Black Lives Matter as an organization and Antifa as an organization, they're tiny. They're well-organized, they're well-funded, and they're violent. And their violence against innocent people who don't defend themselves and who really can't defend themselves because they're not prepared. And their violence against police who are told to stand down by these Democrat Party mayors. This isn't going to go on forever. We're still the Americans who fought the Battle of the Bulge. We're still the Americans that landed on the beaches on D-Day. We're still the Americans who fought in Iwo Jima and Guadalcanal and Guam. We're still the Americans who fought the Korean War and the Vietnam War and all the other wars. We're still the Americans who love our police officers, our first responders, who were there on 9-11. We're still the Americans who call police officers peace officers. We're still the Americans who get a chill down our spine when we hear the national anthem or God bless America or see the the raising of the American flag and salute it or put our hand over our hearts. We are those Americans. And I will be damned if anybody is going to intimidate us or terrorize us or treat us as second-class citizens, regardless of our race, our religion, or our backgrounds, we're Americans. And I will be damned if we'll allow these Marxists, these anarchists, these Democrats, roll over us. It's time to take our schools back. If a university is going to offer courses that have the purpose of diminishing your child, diminishing this country, then take them out of that damn school. If your elementary school in Loudoun County is teaching kindergartens the 1619 Project, then show up in mass at these damn school board meetings and get in their face. To quote Barack Obama. You go talk to your state representatives and state senators, particularly in Republican states. They need to slash the funding for these universities and colleges. It's time that we defund them. It's time that we BDS them. That's right. I've been watching my favorite channel much of the day, Fox. And they're pushing the hell out of baseball. Baseball's back. Baseball's back. And not just them. Baseball's back. No, it's not. In Washington, D.C., the New York Yankees and the Washington Nationals, every damn player kneeled before the national anthem, you see, so it's not supposed to be so bad. Every one of them. They can all go to hell. They can go to hell. They can take their bats, their baseballs, their helmets, their bases, and their stadium and shove it 
where the sun doesn't shine. Stop giving them your money. Stop watching them on TV. Put an end to this. You pay for all this. You do. The hardworking men and women of this country. Not the pieces of crap dressed up in black, running around with baseball bats. They pay for nothing. They're bloodsuckers. Nancy Pelosi. She's calling our men and women in uniform stormtroopers, Nazi stormtroopers. I'll tell you what, Nancy Pelosi. Look in the mirror, Eva Braun. They call my president Hitler. They call the police stormtroopers. They call you neo-Nazis and white supremacists. She's the Eva Braun. They're the brown shirts. Listen to them. Watch them. Dangerous bastards. And I've had enough of it. I'll be right back. Mark in. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale's been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, Commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Let me give you an example of your power. And you have a lot of power. And this is from the Wall Street Journal. Ratings for A&E Network have plummeted since it canceled the hit police reality show Live PD on June 10th, a sign of how much the network relies on law enforcement programming. Average primetime viewership for A&E between June 11 and July 19 was 498,000 people, down 49% from the same period last year. According to data from Nielsen, in the key demographics of adults 18 to 49 and 25 to 54, the declines are 55% and 53% respectively. The show, which follows police on their rounds in multiple cities simultaneously, averaged about 1.9 million viewers for its Friday and Saturday night episodes, repeatedly re-aired on other days. It spawned several successful spinoff shows that were also canceled. A&E can go to hell. I see in, the, uh, in Fenway Park, there's a massive Black Lives Matter poster. So I would ask the owner of the Boston Red Sox, or the owners of the Boston Red Sox, if you're a white person and you go into that stadium and you know as part of their mission 
They're talking about systemic racism by white people. Or you're a Jewish person and you go into that stadium and you know that that organization is anti-Semitic and it seeks to destroy uh, the ancestral lands of the Jews through the BDS movement. Why would you put a sign like that in your stadium? Massive sign. Did you see that, Mr. Producer? Helen Keller could see that sign. Ray Charles could see that sign. Why would you do that? And then have another one outside to make sure everybody's driving by the stadium can see it. Why would you do that? It's appalling. It's an appalling group. And you mean the group. You don't mean individuals. Look at this de Blasio in New York City, who has destroyed the Big Apple, destroyed it. Let's go to cut 20, Mr. Producer. Cut 20. Go. I think we have had a seismic moment in this country's history. I think what's happened here can only be compared to the civil rights movement of the 50s and 60s in terms of its importance. Uh, The original sin of the United States of America, slavery and all of the effects over 400 years, being brought out in the open in a new way. Right, let's, ch- let's stop. So if you listen to him in the New York Times, so why fight a civil war? Hundreds of thousands of men, hundreds of thousands of men fighting on the side of the Union died. They didn't own slaves. Most of them never saw slaves. So if their death, according to de Blasio and the others was meaningless because slavery's in our DNA 400 years ago. Why did we fight the Civil War? Why do we have civil rights laws? Why do we have anything? There's no addressing it. There's no fixing it. We're going to have courses on it? Courses on it? We had a Civil War on it. Then we had a massive Civil Rights Movement, which was birthed out of our black, Churches in the South, not by the Democrat Party, for God's sakes. So why have a civil war? If all that death and mayhem meant absolutely nothing. If we made no progress whatsoever. The equivalent of 7 million people died in that war. At least half of them fighting against slavery. And apparently it means absolutely nothing. So why did we have a civil war? Why do we have the 64 Civil Rights Act, the 65 Civil Rights Act, popularly known as the Voting Rights Act? Why? Why did we have the EEOC and the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice and the Civil Rights Division of virtually every federal department? Why? If it's in our DNA and we can't fix it, when you listen to de Blasio, only now, When people are brutalizing innocent Americans, trying to burn down a federal courthouse in the inner cities, killing each other, burning down businesses, only now, apparently, it matters. This is the insanity of what's taking place, of a mayor like this, and he's not alone, of governors like this, of a speaker of the house like this. It's sickening to the core. Sickening to the core. I'll be right back. 
from the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. It's interesting to see AOC on the floor of the House making really... Her language is unbelievable. Representative Yoho says, I didn't use that language. I didn't accost her, bully her, attack her. Um, but it is interesting how thin-skinned she is, isn't it? You've got her boss, the speaker, going on about stormtroopers. You've got the number three in that same body, that house, calling law enforcement Gestapo. She wasn't called a stormtrooper or a Gestapo, was she? President's being called Hitler. Was she called Hitler? And you have innocent American citizens being beaten to a pulp in the street as she stuck up for a single one of them? Give a damn what they call her. Who cares? Now, I haven't done this in a long time, and it's going to seem self-serving, but I want you to know something. It doesn't matter what my ratings are on Fox. It's of no consequence whatsoever i do the show i have a contract i do so many shows a year and i get paid what i get paid regardless of the ratings there's no bonus there's no incentives there's nothing i don't want them that's not my point so when i ask you to watch the show it's not because i need ratings it's not because i need these hits and these numbers i'm not the drudge report it's because i want to get information across to you I work 20 hours a day. Every job I have, everything I do, I want to do to advance the mission of liberty and Americanism. It's that simple. Now, I've done many shows now on Sunday. I think it's two and a half years or so with tremendous guests on tremendous topics because I take my time. I'm very careful about who I want on, what we're going to discuss and so forth. And if we're up to publishers, I'd be doing books every single week. I'd be doing books all week long on radio. People I've never heard of for a year or two or three. Hey, Mark, how you doing? I have a book coming out. Hey, Mark, how you doing? I want this. I want that. It's, it's repulsive. This Sunday is critical. This Sunday's Fox show is critical. Please, all the Vinites, this is important. I get nothing out of this except knowing that word will go out far and wide depending on how many of you watch the show, whether you watch it live or DVR, I don't care. It's the substance of the show, and it's not even me. It's the topic of the show. And the topic of the show is Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, the radical leftist community activists who are part of their campaigns, who seek to destroy the suburbs. This is no joke. This is not a conspiracy. Uh, This issue is already being treated like, oh, white supremacy, white privilege. You have to ignore the media. They're your enemy. The president's right. 
It's not a free press. Besides, as I've explained here before, our suburbs are not the same suburbs as the 1950s. CBS News in 2010 reported, 2010, 10 years ago, that the suburbs were 35% minority. You had a piece in the Atlantic a few years back that said the suburbs, that 52% of the African-American community live in the outer ring of the suburbs. And you know it yourself if you live in the suburbs. And many of you listening are not white and you live in the suburbs. So this has nothing to do with white supremacy or white privilege or LeBron James who lives in the suburbs or virtually every athlete who lives in the suburbs or some gentrified part of their city or broadcasters, sports broadcasters who live in the... Nothing to do with race. Except to this extent. This is a crucially important program because I need to explain and Stanley Kurtz needs to explain this issue to you. It's called the Affirmatively Furthering Fair Housing Regulation. Don't worry about the name. The President of the United States and the Secretary of HUD killed this earlier this week. It started at the end of the Obama administration. It is the nationalization of local communities. It's the nationalization of local governing decisions. It's the nationalization of local zoning boards. It's the nationalization of local housing decisions. It's the nationalization of local school decisions. It's the nationalization of local park decisions. It's the nationalization of local street and highway decisions. And that is a big deal because it takes our country and turns it upside down. And this is how the Democrats intend to control the country, the future, and power for the rest of time. And what they want to do and what they intend to do is gather information on every single person in a given community, what their income is, their race, their religion. They're going to gather information on what kind of homes they live in, what kind of vehicles they use. All that information will be used. And then they will compare your county or community with a county or community near you in in a big inner city And if your numbers are not relatively equivalent to those numbers, they're going to force your community to eliminate single-family housing, to put certain parks in certain places, certain libraries in certain places, certain roads in certain places, schools that might be built in certain places, They're going to require you to build what we used to call public housing, which was a huge failure. These tall, big skyscrapers that were blown up. You remember that? Well, that's going to occur again right in the middle of communities in order to get the numbers and the balance right. 
There will, in fact, be busing for schools based on income and race. This is what Joe Biden supports. He's taken the Obama rule that Trump and Carson just killed. And he says he's not only going to revive it, he's going to make it 100 times stronger. They're taking the Fair Housing Act of 1968 and they're turning it on its head. This is the plan. Now, how do we know this is the plan, Mr. Producer? Because Joe Biden put it in his long document. But he doesn't talk about it. The media don't talk about it. Or to the extent they do, they write something like this. This is the Associated Depressed. The Trump administration said Thursday, yesterday, that it's revoking an Obama-era housing regulation designed to eliminate racial disparities in the suburbs and move the fair housing advocates have decried as an election year stunt designed to manipulate the fears of white voters. Now, this is supposed to be a news story in the biggest news platform, AP Wire Service, on the face of the earth. Is that what that sounds like? Let me read it again. It's a long run-on sentence, so they're illiterate, but nonetheless... The Trump administration said Thursday that it is revoking an Obama-era housing regulation designed to eliminate racial disparities in the suburbs, a move that fair housing advocates have decried as an election year stunt designed to manipulate the fears of white voters. First of all, it's not about eliminating racial disparities in the suburbs. There was an experiment done by the Obama administration, and you'll learn about this on Sunday, called Westchester County in New York, and Stanley Kurtz will explain this in detail. It was 40% minority, mostly black, 60% white. Does that sound like it's a racially disparate community? Not in the least. And the Democrats ran that county. Still do. So Obama and his administration bring effectively what is the effectively a civil rights lawsuit. They don't accuse them of what this first paragraph says, of racial disparities, in the least. They take a provision, a sentence, out of the Fair Housing Act of 1968, and they say they're trying to enforce it. They never claim racial disparity, but the Associated Press doesn't care about that. So what do they do? What do they do? They basically take the county over. They force them to build more public housing. They review where they're putting their schools. They review everything. Because now HUD, the federal bureaucracy, controls the county. Has nothing to do with racial disparities. But this is the pushback. So if the president says he wants to preserve the suburbs, he wants to preserve them so they can make their own local decisions and on and on and on. Now it's being called a white supremacist agenda. You have got to fight this back. You've got to fight it. There's an awful lot of people live in my community who are awfully dark for looking white. And they want to live here. They can also eliminate single family zoning if they think the numbers aren't right. So it is a disgrace 
It is crucially important, crucially important that you watch Sunday's show. I don't care if there's baseball on and they're kneeling up the wazoo. You know what I call these athletes now who kneel? Well, of course, Kaepernick was the first. You know what I call them? Kaepernickers. Kaepernickers, because they're not really athletes. He's their idol. That's what they are. Kaepernick. Kaepernickers. That's what they are. You need to watch this. It's very important. Or DVR. And you need to tell your relatives, your neighbors, your colleagues, and your friends. I don't do just a political show with 15 guests. I'm going to spend the entire hour on this subject. And honest to God, you're not going to want to miss it. Because Biden doesn't want you to hear this. The AP doesn't want you to hear this. NPR doesn't want you to hear this. The Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, MS. None of them want you to hear this. I know I'll be attacked for it. I don't care. This is the truth. You need to watch the Sunday show. Or you need to DVR it. Or you need to tell as many people as you know on your email list, on your text list, pick up the phone. You need to watch this show. Not because of me, but because of the topic that we're discussing. It's crucially, crucially important. On Sunday. All right. Hillsdale College, right, Mr. Producer? And by the way, we love Hillsdale College. I can't believe we were being evicted from our home that we did not sell. That's what Deborah said when she learned she was the victim of home title fraud, a devastating crime that can cost you your home. And title fraud is not, not covered by insurance or common identity theft services. The only folks to trust to protect your home's title is home title lock. Cyber thieves discovered the titles to our homes are kept online. They forge your name or your deed, stating you sold your home and refile as the new owner. And in Deborah's case, she didn't even know she was a victim until the eviction notice arrived. Home Title Lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect tampering, they mobilize to shut it down. And first things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. And register your address to see if you're already a victim, but you don't know it yet. Then use code MARK, code MARK, for 30 free days of protection. That's HomeTitleLock.com, code MARK. HomeTitleLock.com, code MARK. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. 
We're going to use the word Kaepernickians so people don't try to put words in my mouth because that's what they do these days. Very, very dangerous out there. The suburbs. Now, why would you think the Democrats want to do this to the suburbs and the radical leftists? And then why do you think they don't want to have a debate about this? Why do you think they don't want to have a discussion about it? They want to shut you down. Whenever they throw up the word racism to people who aren't racist, that's what their goal is. No discussion, just tyranny. Just the iron fist. Why do you think they want to do that? Here's the Washington Post story on this. They all sound as... Toulouse, Oloranapa, and Colby... Itkowitz, these are the writers. President Trump moved Thursday to repeal a fair housing rule that he claimed would lead to destruction of the country's suburbs, continuing an aggressive push that coincides with his campaign attempt to paint Democrats as angry mobs on the brink of upturning peaceful, mostly white neighborhoods. You got this? President didn't say any of this. This is a news story, ladies and gentlemen. The president didn't say any of this. And it's a lie. Trump had telegraphed the HUD department's move against the Obama administration rule. This is a rule they put in in the, la- in the 11th hour on the way out. And it's a rule that twists the statute, turns it upside down. In recent tweets and comments that made thinly veiled appeals to a key electorate constituency that has drifted away from him over the past four years, suburban white voters. You see, the Washington Compost, the Associated Press, the entire media, because they're all leftists. Trailing Democrat Joe Biden. So it goes on and on like this. Rather than really explaining what's taking place here. Which they do not want you to know. It's about Trump and racism. Trump and racism. And he's got to get the suburbs back. So he's got to have the dog whistle. That's another phrase they like. This is nothing about... Trump and racism. This is nothing about the suburban white voter. It's about suburbanites. 40% of whom, give or take, are minority. We already have fair housing laws. You're not allowed to discriminate against somebody if you're selling a property, renting a property, offering an apartment, or whatever it is. It's already a violation of federal law. And it's been that way for over half a century. There's nothing new about that. This has nothing to do with that. Nothing. And the President of the United States is not weakening that. In fact, he and Ben Carson have strengthened it. This is an attempt to nationalize the suburbs to turn them into Democrat strongholds, to turn the United States into California. It's that simple. And in the meantime, destroy your lifestyle. Where people are making decisions, not on your school boards, not in your local government, not on your local zoning board where you can speak, in a big building in Washington, D.C. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Plastic Conservative Fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. All right, the, uh, looking at this live here, the former Westchester County executive who was there for eight years, Mr. Producer, uh, I'm going to forward this to you. Uh, if he'd like to come on the program, since he's reached out to us, he should come on the program and explain to us exactly what took place and what isn't taking place. So we'll try in real time to bring him on the program after the break, uh, because this is a big damn issue. This is the issue that they really don't want you to discuss. So anybody who brings it up is going to be trashed. I don't care. I don't want to be in a position behind this microphone in six months to say, I told you so, I told you so. What damn good does that do? So we're going to duke this out with the left. We're going to duke it out with the Biden campaign. I want to get this information to you. Sunday's a big, big show. I'll do my part. You got to do your part, which is just to learn, just to spend an hour and learn. That's all. Just to learn. And spread the word and have as many people watch it as possible. Again, I get nothing out of ratings. I don't have any bonus tied, no extra pay. If my ratings are in the tank, I get paid. If they're through the roof, which they usually are, I get paid. So that's irrelevant. This is a mission for me. Honestly, I don't even need their money. I don't need anybody's money at this point. So that's not the point either. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character, to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserve the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. Now, this learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence that we celebrate every 4th of July. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth, and defending liberty since 1844. It'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. So we will try and secure, I sent that to you, Mr. Producer, as soon as we can, the former uh, executive who ran this, this county in New York, Westchester County, which had to suffer the consequences of this plan under Obama, and Biden intends to intensify it. He intends to intensify it. So we shall see. All right, I don't have the call screen in front of me, uh, Justin, so 
which caller do you recommend that I speak to? Well, we got Kathleen in Westchester, the great WABC. Go. Hi, Mark. It's Kathleen from Westchester. And we know uh, that. Since Rob, reached, since Rob reached out to you, I will not, I will not cut you short because I'm going to... All right, ma'am, uh, you're on the phone. Nobody knows who Rob is. What would you like to tell us? We'll get to Rob later. Okay, well, I just wanted to say that it's funny because that... Um, Ruling about what happened here in Westchester, a lot of the communities like Chappaqua and Bronxville and Scarsdale, I haven't seen any of these low-income housing projects going up in those neighborhoods. That is what's supposed to have Let me explain to the nation. You've got pockets of very, very wealthy communities, like where the Clintons live, in Westchester County. And so what she's saying is, if you're politically connected, among other things, all these things they're doing to the rest of the county, somehow Chappaqua escapes it. Isn't that your point? That's my point, Mark, exactly. And some of the other more affluent little subsections of the county, the little towns, Bronxville, Scarsdale. Yeah, but uh, let, me, let me tell you a little secret. Under the Biden plan, they won't escape. Well, the they, Biden, they the Biden plan is crushing, absolutely crushing. They're, the you know the local social media is unbelievable about how these liberals who are living in these communities and with the police violence and all that it's like don't you get it you're you're not going to have that if you encourage the police and mark they're totally clueless it's mm. amazing it's so amazing to see how these people behave and what they think and how cute it is about BLM have no idea that it's an organization. None whatsoever. Tell, tell the rest of America, you live in Westchester, what your experience has been with this. With the housing thing or with the whole like BLM thing? The housing was, thing. Isn't that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, well, I'm a renter, so I observe as, a, you know, I can't give you the specifics, but I do know what I've seen. And I was active in the you know politics around the county. And I just know the county, and I don't see they, any they of They fundamentally altered the nature of your county, didn't they? Uh, yes, and you, you can't come to those apartments if you live in the county. You have to come from outside of the state. Now, let me explain what you're saying, because it's very important. In addition to building these, these what they call dense public housing, like we've done that before, and we have, and a lot of it, you have to advertise outside of your county. So you have to advertise in New York City. You have to advertise in other communities outside your state in order to strongly encourage people to come into your county and to take that housing. Correct? Correct. They also have these things that are called land trusts that are interesting ways that the people in those communities have bought areas and they put them as like conservative stories or whatever mm -hmm. they want to call it to be nature things. So they hire a guy, they make it a 501c3, they hire a guy to be like a farmer sort of or whatever, care for the properties. And that way nothing's going to happen in their backyards. All right, thank you for your call. Let's go to the, uh, you're missing the entire point. I'm not talking about the 2 or 3% who escaped this. I'm talking about the 99% in the county who are punished. Robert Astorino, former executive at the, in, for eight years in Westchester County. How are you, sir? I'm good, Mark. Good to be back on the show. Well, tell everybody what took place in your county. Oh, it was a disaster. It was the worst federal overreach you can imagine. And I was the canary in the coal mine. I 
warned everybody for eight years because we were battling HUD. My predecessor signed a settlement agreement because the county was sued under the False Claims Act of 1863. And we had an agreement to build homes. So you weren't sued because of discrimination? No. In fact, there was no finding of discrimination whatsoever in the settlement. Mm. And yet, we had to spend over uh, $60 million. We had to build all these homes. And um, every time we submitted a study, independent study, whether there was, quote, exclusionary zoning, which meant that minorities couldn't come into communities, it was found to be negative, that the zoning permitted all types of housing. And yet HUD always, and justice under Obama, refused to accept that. So they penalized Westchester, they took away the grant money. So I want people to understand, they took away your housing money, what the Biden proposed is taking away your highway money. How would you like that? Uh, and, and they will bring these now civil rights lawsuits. They want to expand this rule against uh, communities that don't obey. And in terms of this, these buildings that your taxpayers had to pay for, dense public housing, uh, how did people wind up going into those buildings? Did they have to advertise outside your community? Yeah, so this, you're talking about the affirmatively furthering fair housing rule. Yeah, exactly. The Trump, the Trump administration just did the greatest thing for suburbia. They have rescinded this rule that Obama put in out of thin air, made this enormous definition that basically said your community is guilty of segregation by statistics. If there are not enough minorities in a particular zip code, then hence your community is segregated, and here's what you need to do, or we will take you to court. So a lot of communities obviously can't afford to go up against the big bad government, so they settle. And one of the biggest things that the federal government under Obama and now Biden is doubling down, and folks, you better listen up, because as I said, we were the canary in the coal mine, but it's happening all over the place now. The dopes in Minneapolis did it themselves, but the federal government under Biden will, will not put up with single-family residential zoning. They believe now, let's, that let's stop here, and I want to explain to the people why. Because as long as you have single-family housing... If people can't afford single-family homes, that will now be considered de facto discrimination. So the fact that people can't afford them, and some people can, that will be de facto discrimination, and they will be insisting on more dense housing. Isn't that correct? That is absolutely correct, with no proof. And here's how, but Mark, how demeaning is this, degrading, uh, patronizing, that the federal government, the Democrats, say that minorities are incapable of being in their own home, which, by the way, a quarter-acre lot, single-family residential, that's the American dream, or at least that used to be. And minorities are moving out of the cities into the suburbs on their own because that's where they choose to live, and God bless them. God bless anybody who wants to do that. But the federal government... And, And it is illegal to discriminate against anybody who can afford to purchase a home anywhere. And, and the Fair Housing Act of 1968 is very clear on that, and these are two separate things. You cannot discriminate. If you do, you should pay the penalty. This is not what this is about. This was an added rule that the Obama administration put in there to attack zoning and to attack communities in suburbia. Doubling down on that now, of course, is the far left led by Biden, so big warning, everybody, if you want to vote for Biden and you live in the suburbs, 
in about five years, don't say what the hell is happening to my community with residential buildings going up in single-family neighborhoods because your community will be on its knees to the federal government because they're going to have to prove, and it's nearly impossible to prove, that you're not guilty of segregation because the federal government says so. And it's not just segregation on race. It's economic segregation. Exactly. They want to balance, literally, a, a balance in every zip code of minorities, of economics. It is, it's beyond utopia. It is insanity. And nobody agrees with it, including minorities who, like everybody else, just want to live in a beautiful neighborhood with a good school system. But when you take away zoning, you take away zoning for everybody. Zoning protects what can be built, not who lives there. So there's a reason why you don't have a bomb factory next to a school or a a 20-story apartment building next to single-family homes. And yet, you'll be seeing 20-story apartment buildings next to single-family homes, won't you? Well, if there's no zoning regulations, which they don't want, they want no limits on height, on density, on acreage, on number of bedrooms. All these things play into the liberal utopia uh, to punish suburbia or to extend the cities and to wipe out. And that's suburbia. really what they want to do, don't they? They want to they want to wipe out any political, not race, not economic, political opposition to what they're doing. So what they'll do is destroy the suburbs. And as I said, and as you can attest, it's not merely an issue of race. It's an issue of economics. It's an issue of quality of life. And the bureaucrats are going to decide on some kind of kind of Marxist egalitarian model uh, who should live where, if there is enough people of this wealth, of this background living here, if they have enough access to libraries, enough access to schools, enough access to, to uh, uh, parks. Uh, they'll decide where those things need to be. So in other words, you'll surrender local rule, period. Totally. That's exactly what they're trying to do. And they make no bones about it, by the way. When I was in, in office as Westchester County Executive, I was the clarion call. I was ringing the bell, but they were trying to sneak it in. And I was telling everybody, this is their end game. This is exactly what they're doing. They're telling us this. Now they're not hiding it anymore. It's right there on JoeBiden.com, right there on their platform, that they're going to come after you because they believe inherently single-family residential zoning, i.e. suburban, suburban life, is inherently racist and bigoted and prejudiced and segregated. And that is pure nonsense. Pure nonsense. And, and of course, as I, as I keep saying, if you look at the, the demographics of the suburbs, uh, if you look in the 10 years ago, CBS reported it's 35% suburbs generally, minority. And if you look at this report in the Atlantic, which looked at uh, a number of other, and these are not obviously conservative sources, looked at a, a particularly uh, uh, big study, they said 52% of African Americans live in the suburbs. Fifty-two percent of African Americans live in the suburbs. So this isn't this isn't like uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna eliminate racism. Nobody is repealing the 1968 Fair Housing Act, which makes it illegal to make decisions on whether you sell or don't sell, or how you advertise homes based on race, religion, and all the rest of it. This is an attempt to devour the suburbs, destroy the suburbs, and make them another part of the Democrat Party control machine. Correct? Yeah. Yes, and also class and race warfare, which is, of course, their game. But you know mm-hmm. what? President Trump deserves, and Secretary Carson, so much credit. They killed it. This for what it is and but here's it. the problem. 
Biden comes in and he creates it again. And that's what I want the American people to understand. I want to thank you, Rob. Rob Astorino, former uh, county executive of Westchester, New York. I appreciate it, my friend. Hey, Mark, thank you very much for shining a light on this. It's important. All right. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, Rob Astorino, who you just heard, is running for the state senate in New York, District 40, Westchester. Sounds like a good man to me. Folks, write this down, blindster.com. That's blindster.com. And I'm so glad I found Blindster, the best window treatment company there is. Now, we've gone to Blindster twice, and we've placed orders there. I can't believe, even now, how easy it is to measure and install their blinds. And they are beautiful, second to none. And if I can do this, by the way, so can you. Blindster.com founder Kyle Cox is a great personable guy. This is a family-owned company, and they want to do right by you. He's setting the new standard for customer service. Kyle and his team are so confident you can do it yourself that if for any reason your blinds don't fit, please listen, any reason, even if you didn't measure correctly, Blindster will remake the blinds in the different size needed, free of charge, and you only pay for shipping. Now, if you can use a tape measure and a screwdriver, you can install the highest quality custom shade shutters and blinds and save a bundle. So go to blindster.com right now, get 50% off by using my promo code MARK at checkout. That's blindster.com, promo code MARK, blindster.com, promo code MARK. And by the way, it's Friday, as you know, perfect time to do this. Perfect time to do this. Don't go to a big box store and all the rest of it. Blindster.com, promo code MARK, and you won't be sorry. And by the way, you'll do it, you know you can do it, and you'll feel great about it. You really will. All right, here, Mr. Producer. Let's see who we want to speak to. Give me one second here. Uh, let's go to Maria, Los Angeles, California, the great KRLA country, our wonderful affiliate. Go, Maria. Hey, good afternoon, Mark. Uh, yes, this is Maria Fisk here in uh, Granada Hills, and very concerned because this is something I've been following very closely. And I am, um, California is ground zero for state bills, and there's about nine of them. They're called the nine bad state bills that override local zoning control. Cities have what's called community plans. Um, we have our uh, constitution of general plans and so forth. Now, the city is succumbing to state bills that have basically gotten rid of single-family residential. It, 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 is, it is shocking. The music means I have to go, but Maria... That is horrendous. And that's exactly what the federal government wants to do. It wants to mimic California. It wants to turn the United States into California, which was once a red state, a free state, a state where people moved in droves. Now they want to do that to the country. That's where Biden is, and that's where Sanders is. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting.
Everything from, from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. The Marxist um, activity is taking place in some of the few remaining relatively mainstream media outlets. Take a look at the Wall Street Journal. Now, the news side... We have a lot of crackpots are trying to tell the opinion side, which is quite solid, uh, what to do. That's what they're doing. And 280 of these pukes signed a letter basically trashing the opinion side. Have you ever seen anything like this in your life? And so the editorial board pushed back. With a piece today, it says, a note to readers. These pages will not wilt under cancel cults or pressure. We've been gratified this week by the outpouring of support from readers after some 280 of our Wall Street Journal colleagues signed and someone leaked a letter to our publisher criticizing the opinion pages. But the support has often been mixed with concern that perhaps this letter will cause us to change our principles and content. On that point, reassurance is in order. In the spirit of collegiality, we won't respond in kind to the letter signers. Their anxieties aren't our responsibility in any case. The signers report to the news editors or other parts of the business, and the news and opinion departments operate with separate staffs and editors. Both report to publisher Almar Latour, This separation allows us to pursue stories and inform readers with independent judgment. It was probably inevitable that the wave of progressive cancel culture would arrive at the journal as it has at nearly every other cultural, business, academic, and journalistic institution. But we are not the New York Times. Most journal reporters attempt to cover the news fairly and down the middle. And our opinion pages offer an alternative to the uniform progressive views that dominate nearly all of today's media. As long as our proprietors allow us the privilege to do so, the opinion pages will continue to publish contributors who speak their minds within the tradition of vigorous, reasoned discourse. And these columns will continue to promote the principles of free people and free markets, which are more important than ever in what is a culture of growing progressive conformity and intolerance, and good for them. I never thought I'd have to read something like that. But there it is. Now de Blasio says that Black Lives Matter is different than any other group. When he's confronted at a press conference, when they're talking about political messages and the fact that the only political message to allow painted on the streets in New York is Black Lives Matter. So other individuals with other messages say, okay, I want to print what we want to. No. Well, I want to paint what we No. 
Black Lives Matter is different. It's different. It's not a political message. Here's what he said yesterday. Cut 21, go. I, I don't think it's a political message in the traditional sense. I think it's a message about human respect and the value of human beings and addressing the fact that one group amongst us in particular has been devalued for centuries and that can't go on. I think it transcends any notion of politics. So there you go. Now, I'm not in New York. I'm not a lawyer in New York. But if somebody wants to paint something on the street, they ought to sue. Uh, they ought to sue the uh, mayor for content discrimination under the First Amendment, because he just said that. Black Lives Matter is a different message. Anybody can say that about any message. Um, and. Um, it's just so, it, some days, you know, Mr. Producer, some days I'm at a loss for words. We have the district attorneys in Baltimore and Philadelphia saying that if the president tries to send in federal law enforcement to quell rioters, that they intend to arrest them. Is that insane enough for you? Now, I don't know Marilyn Mosby. Is she that loser from before? But this Larry Krasner in Philadelphia, who's a complete jackass, he is one of the Soros prosecutors. So he doesn't like to prosecute criminals. It's an amazing and devious way they do this. They, they get these people inserted and then established in the positions where they can do the most damage, like the position of prosecutor. And uh, I don't think they have the power to do this. I think any any local official who listens to a mayor who does that, a cop or not, they're the ones who can be arrested for interfering with uh, federal law enforcement. And so uh, I would point that out. Then you have the mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti, a complete coward. Uh, he backs the rioters in Portland, as Joel Pollack writes at Breitbart.com. He backs the rioters. He said in a tweet, demonstrators for racial justice. Are these demonstrators for racial justice trying to burn down the courthouse, ladies and gentlemen? Demonstration, demonstrators for racial justice represent the best of our democratic ideas. The president's unilateral deployment of federal forces betrays them and does nothing to keep us safe. L.A. stands with our friends in Portland. So L.A., the mayor, stands with people who are trying to burn down the federal courthouse? Oh, I'll get to China in a minute. Now I want to get to Fauci. I was alerted to go to the WTOP radio website. And to look at the pictures there in Washington, D.C. of the Nationals, particularly Dr. Anthony Fauci, because they have scores of pictures there, dozens of them. And I was alerted to the fact he wasn't wearing a mask. So after getting this verified, I posted it. 
And now you can see it on Fox. You can see it all over the media. If we weren't the first, we were certainly among the first. And I'll point out now, as I pointed out then, Dr. Fauci wasn't wearing a mask. And now he says, well, I was drinking. There's several photos on that site that demonstrate he wasn't drinking. That is water. He pulled the mask down under his chin, and he wasn't wearing his mask. Now you'll say, Mark, what are you being so picky about? Well, really? Well, the mayor of Washington, D.C. opened an investigation of the president of the United States who was in a hotel the other night in Washington without a mask. And she thought this was very serious. Now we have the head of the infectious disease unit in our federal government who's been there since Abraham Lincoln going on every potential broadcast outlet and platform admonishing people for not wearing masks, saying that we could have ended this sooner if people had worn masks, not wearing a mask at the Nationals-Yankees game. Moreover, he was not socially distancing, another new phrase, while he was sitting next to his, his brother and his wife. I don't care. They're not at home. They're in the stands. So he's not wearing a mask. He's not socially distancing. And so this was raised, and what did he say in an interview? The people raising this are being mischievous. Mischievous. Now, I'm not going to make fun of the fact he can't throw a baseball. I mean, he only missed the catcher by about 20 feet. But that's beside the point. First of all, he, not the President of the United States, is the scientist. He's supposed to be on top of every survey, every study, every bit of information, going over the data, day in and day out. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not bragging, and many of you work longer than I do, but I'll put in 20 hours a day, and I'm not responsible for infectious disease coverage in this country. He is, for God's sakes. He seems awfully happy. He seems well-rested. He's got photos and magazines sitting around a, a swimming pool and on and on and on, and here he is. He throws out the first pitch. Okay, fine. But if you're going to admonish everybody, then you ought to at least do it. And not only that, you notice how the media really are not on top of them? Trump, they want to know every day. When did you wear the mask? How long did you wear the mask? What kind of mask? Who made the mask? Where did the mask come from? Do you have another mask? Which pocket's the mask in? How come you're not wearing it? How come you are wearing it? When are you going to not wear it? When are you going to wear it? Have everything. Every press conference. Fauci is not wearing a mask. In fact, I have rarely seen him wear a mask. Rarely seen him wear a mask. And by the way, Hillary Clinton, you should be wearing a mask. Just not a Hillary Clinton mask. Maybe a Richard Nixon mask. And so this guy doesn't get criticized at all. The Fauci. Why? Because they want to use him to attack the president. That's why. They want to use him to attack the president. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to salute my dear friend, Louis Gohmert. He's a patriot. 
He's got the guts to speak out. But that's not why I want to thank him. As millions and millions of you know behind this microphone, and those of you who are on social media, I've been leaving, le- uh, leading a variety of efforts to strike back at the Marxist left. The defund movement, which I think is crucially important, and you have Charlie Kirk, who's doing an outstanding job with his organization going after these, uh, these private donations. But we really need to hammer them because it's the states that subsidize most of these universities and colleges and all the courses and all the professors who are out to destroy America. But I've also made the point week after week after week after week since these riots began that the Democrat Party has the deepest and widest attachment to racism, slavery, segregation, Jim Crow, you name it. And we've gone through the history of that party here, and I've said over and over and over again that it's time to ban the Democrat Party, it's time to remove its name from all public places, that the Democrat Party must change its name. I was thinking of a new name for the Democrat Party. You know what it was, Mr. Producer? The Redskins. Uh, But I figured that wouldn't work. They could switch names. The Redskins can call them the Washington Democrats themselves. And the Democrats can call themselves the... uh, Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, this is something I feel strongly about. And it's something to counter the left all the time. And we've talked about that. It's not like it's a secret. It's not like it's a secret that I didn't say. There's millions of you who've listened. You go online and you comment on it. And I appreciate it. So our man Louie went to the floor of the House of Representatives today... And in respect to that building and the contents of that building and the people in the building, he made a suggestion that we do exactly that with the federal government and Congress and so forth. So I want to congratulate him as being a regular listener to this program. It's very important. You can't imagine who listens to this show. I make comparisons between the Confederacy and Antifa and Black Lives Matter when it comes to nullification and secession and also the Democrat Party. So the Democrat Party has ties, past ties in slavery, uh, and yet it won't abolish itself. And so I think the House Republicans should back Louie and remind the Democrats of this over and over and over again. Now, honestly, I hadn't even heard that Louie did this till I listened to my local WMAL station where they had Louie on. And apparently, the hosts there, who are good friends of mine, were utterly clueless that I'd been saying this for over a month, Mr. Producer. Come on, you got to listen. You got to listen, or at least go online, you'll see it. So Louie has stood up. Where are the others? Where are the others? They're nowhere. We're the governors. Nowhere. So you have Nancy Pelosi, as I've said again and again and again, walking around the Capitol building late at night, flying around the Capitol building on her broom, looking for Confederates to remove from the Capitol building. And as we've said, she needs to look in the mirror 
because she needs to remove herself because she's been a Democrat all her life. And, of course, her daddy, with his Confederate statue in Baltimore, was very proud of it. He, never, he didn't just put it up, but he saluted General Lee and General Jackson. And so, as in North Korea, you've got to be three generations apart. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Three generations apart until you'll be accepted into the North Korean society such as it is. Well, she's not three generations apart. So maybe she should be banned from the House of Representatives. Anyway, it is an amazing thing to see how symbols, monuments, statues, books, movies, any tie to the Confederacy, racism, segregation in the past, such as the New York Times. If you are of the left today, you're an untouchable. It doesn't matter if your great-grandparents own slaves or donated to, to the Confederacy. No, no, it doesn't matter. It's the New York Times. If you're Nancy Pelosi, it doesn't matter that your Democrat father embraced the Confederacy and was proud of this statue with the two, uh, the two Confederates. No, no, it's Nancy Pelosi, for God's sakes. Or that the Democrat Party is one of the last true vestiges of slavery in the Civil War. A traitor party. Hello, a traitor party, as I've said over and over and over again. And there it stands. The Democrat Party, the party of Joe Biden. And speaking of Joe Biden, Joe Biden is a bigot. In addition to being a certified idiot, he is a bigot. And when we come back, thanks to our friends at PJ Media, notice also I give credit where credit's due. Nobody else does. I always do. That's called being ethical. I want to tell you the top seven racist comments made by Joe Biden over the years. Just the top seven, not the dozens, just the top seven. I'll be right back. The new American revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. I thought we were told that the lawsuits brought by Nick Sandman, the young man who was defamed by the media, were frivolous. CNN buckled and settled, obviously paid a boatload of money. Now the Washington Post is buckled and settled. Now, as he says, it's six more to go. And if you can, that's how you fight the media. The New York Times and the New York versus Sullivan case put the bar so high. But I have to be honest with you. If anyone or any group ever accused me of something just so vicious and so blatantly false, I'd give it a shot, Mr. Producer. I really would. I'd sue them for everything they're worth, plus some, and for tortious interference, not just the uh, smear, the defamation, but also the effort to take me off the radio. And we'd duke it out for a while. But it has to really be up there given the fact that the, the Supreme Court has made it very, very difficult to get your name back and defend your character. Top seven racist comments made by Joe Biden over the years. Seven is comments about desegregation and his kids growing up in a racial jungle in 1977. And I've talked about this myself. It's one thing to be against 
busing, which most of the country is, black, white, and in between. But it's another thing to be against it for the reasons he said. He spoke like a full-throated segregationist. And now, of course, he supports the separatist movement, as I call it, of the uh, traitor Democrats. Number six, his bizarre praise of Senator Barack Obama, February 2007. You remember that. You got the first mainstream African-American who's articulate and bright and clean and a nice-looking guy. I mean, that's a storybook, man. Of course, there have been other people who've run for office who are African-American, who are articulate, bright, clean, and nice-looking guys. Next one, using the anti-Semitic slur Shylock, September 2014. That's one of the things that he finds was most in need when he was over there in Iraq for a year, Biden said during remarks on the 40th anniversary of the Legal Services Corporation. That people would come to him and talk about what was happening to them at home in terms of foreclosures, in terms of bad loans that were being made. I mean, these Shylocks who took advantage of um, these women and men while overseas. The Anti-Defamation League said that was a poor choice of words. Because they're a joke. Number four is comments about poor kids in August 2019, you might remember. He's giving a campaign speech in Iowa hosted by Asian and Latino Coalition. And he implied that poor kids are all non-white. Quote, we should challenge students in these schools. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor... You cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Biden's campaign said he misspoke. Oh, really? His comments about working at a 7-Eleven or Dunkin' Donuts. We've played that many times. Talks about an Indian accent and he says, I'm not joking. He was seen shaking hands with a voter, bragging about his support from the Indian American community. I've got a great relationship. Delaware, the largest growth in population, Indian Americans moving from India. You can't go to a 7-Eleven and a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I'm not joking. No, he wasn't joking because he's an idiot. Now, his reason we can't hold China accountable for the China virus, July of this year. When Biden explained during a virtual campaign event that Trump is wrong to hold China accountable for the virus because Americans aren't able to distinguish between a South Korean and someone from Beijing. Nobody had any idea what the hell he was talking about. His claim that you ain't black if you don't support him, of course, that was in May 2020. Charlemagne the God. Now, I understand this Breakfast Club and Charlemagne the God is a big deal. Uh, in terms of uh, the African-American listenership and so forth. I'd never heard of him before. It just shows you the different worlds we live in. But I didn't know he was such an expert on American history, Mr. Producer. Oh, yes. But he takes shot at Biden because he knows Biden's an idiot. Biden says Trump is our first racist president. First of all, Trump isn't racist. Trump isn't racist. Biden's racist. Black Lives Matter. That group is racist. But people ought to remind him, we did have presidents who owned slaves. Uh, Apparently he forgot that as the monuments are being pulled down. All right, China, very quickly. 
Again, just a reminder, I hope Louie's listening. This is important. We've got two wars going on here at the same time. A domestic war with the Democrat Party and its various appendages. And a war with China. We've talked about this on Levin TV for years. We've talked about it behind this microphone for years. Now, the Houston consulate, as it turns out, was a beehive of spies and cyber theft. And it's a massive consulate. Where the communist Chinese regime has been stealing from us, violating your privacy, in order to defeat us. They're trying to steal the information on the vaccine because Xi is a failed piece of crap. Their society can only advance by stealing from us and perfecting what we make. While they're rounding up Muslims and putting them in concentration camps. I never buy Nike sneakers. Do you buy Nike sneakers, Mr. Producer? No way. And of course, LeBron James has been out front condemning them. No, he hasn't. Maybe he'll run around on the basketball court wearing a, uh, a shirt that says uh, Free Hong Kong. That would be nice. Or maybe there's systemic anti-Muslim racism in China. Why doesn't he wear that one? I don't think he will. China's Communist Party, writes Adam Credo at Free Beacon, their officials are operating at a consulate building in Houston, engaged in espionage operations on behalf of that regime, and they wage cyber attacks against the uh, United States and across the United States for at least a decade from that consulate in one of the most sophisticated operations of its nature, according to a senior law enforcement and State Department official. Now, you've seen a lot of this, too. And so this president, unlike Obama, unlike Biden, unlike anybody else, really is taking a hard stance. He's had enough of this, and he said, all right, you're out of business. You have three days to get out. You know what China's saying now? You can't make us leave. Over at Hot Air, Ed Morrissey writes, what happens when a consulate refuses to close after it loses its diplomatic status? Likely nothing good, but China's Houston consul apparently wants to find out. Hi, we told Politico last night that the State Department order to close the consulate violated international protocol, and he has no intention of closing the facility. Really bizarre. <coughs> he also told Politico that the order to close the consulate was somehow illegitimate. Beijing did the same thing, however, in response to us, to our consulate in Zhengdu. And China made it clear that it was a retaliatory measure, albeit entirely expected. What do people assume will happen if the U.S. refuses to leave the Zhengdu consulate? It won't be pleasant once American personnel lose their diplomatic privilege. Might not be pleasant for China's personnel in Houston either. At the very least, the property will revert back to the sovereignty of the United States, whether China's consular officials recognize it or not. See, they learned something from Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And they learned that the Democrats will defend them. The Democrats will defend the Chinese. And what they'll say is, uh, you know, Trump brought us to this point. Trump doesn't know what he's doing. 
Trump's an incompetent. It's not the China virus, says the wicked witch from San Francisco. No, no, no. It's not the Trump virus. Excuse me, the, uh, the China virus. It's the Trump virus, she says. Well, I've been playing around with these words, Mr. Producer, saying the Pelosi virus. and blah. I think I came across the right medical term to apply to her. It's the Pelosi hemorrhoid. Does that one fly? Yes. Pelosi is a hemorrhoid on the body politic. It's that simple. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Unfortunately, literally minutes ago, the Supreme Court issued an opinion and John Roberts strikes again, a five to four decision where Roberts joins the four leftists on the court. Sharply divided U.S. Supreme Court denied a rural Nevada church's request late Friday to strike down an unconstitution, as unconstitutional a 50-person cap on worship services as part of the state's ongoing response to the coronavirus. 5-4 decision, the high court refused to grant the request from the Christian church east of Reno to be subjected to the same virus restrictions in Nevada that allow casinos, restaurants, and other business to operate at 50%. They said, hey, look, we want to operate at 50% capacity, too. You're discriminating against us. And they said, we want an injunction. And without comment, 5-4, to four, Roberts and the four leftists said no. Three justices, however, wrote strongly worded dissenting opinions on behalf of the four conservatives, they're called constitutionalists, who said they would have granted the injunction relief while the court fully considers the merits of the case. Quote, that Nevada would discriminate in favor of the powerful gaming industry and its employees may not come as a surprise, but this court's willingness to allow such discrimination is disappointing. Justice Alito wrote in a dissenting Opinion joined by Thomas and Kavanaugh. We have a duty to defend the Constitution, and even a public health emergency does not absolve us of that responsibility, Alito said. The Constitution guarantees the free exercise of religion. It says nothing about freedom to play craps or blackjack, to free to feed tokens into a slot machine, or to engage in any other game of chess. This guy, John Roberts, I get the four Marxists on the court. They're gone. They're nuts. Shoulder to shoulder. But this guy, Roberts, ladies and gentlemen, is a disgusting disgrace. Case after case. Egomaniac. Every Friday, ladies and gentlemen, in your honor, America. Here we go.
right, the weekend starts now, and the week is over officially now. Don't forget Sunday night show, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. It's absolutely crucial. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey, Pepsi, Barney, and everybody else. I miss you. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 